You know what's Your daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's time! All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with JJ and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So, yeah, those two guys are going to have to adjust to how they're being guarded. We're going to have to adjust as a staff in terms of things that we can do to help them. And with that is going to come helping the Keontes and the Collins and those guys recognize those differences uh, as they're happening so that we can ultimately help the team play better. Welcome back. It, of course, is our one of our favorite segments. It's our Jazz Daily segment, although we've had enough discussion. JJ and I yelling at each other about the Jazz and the future of what it looks like. Now it's Tim Lacombe's turn. Now the coach, Tim Lacombe, has to jump in on here and have this conversation. Our show is always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar is perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, nutritious boost. And, of course, every time that Tim comes on with us, it's also brought to you by Spherion dot com slash Utah Spherion, of course, helping you staff your office with anything you need. Anybody you can get a hold of, the best hires all happen at Spherion. So there you go. S P H E R I O N dot com slash Utah. The job father here with us, Tim. What's going on, Coach? What's going on, boys? Oh, how's your, uh, how's your Tuesday? Uh, you know what? It would have been a lot better if the game last night didn't give us a lot of anxiety about what's going on with this team going forward. That wasn't great. Well, you saw it, so give us your thoughts. Um, I, you know, obviously after a trade, you got to figure some things out. JJ was in the camp of thinking, oh, the Phoenix game—they seemed like they were kind of had their stuff together. They'll be even better on two on Monday, and they seem to be a little bit more lost, even. Well, I think it's you know, I think the the Jazz have played two really good teams with superstars, and. Uh, and they really are kind of—they're not back to square one, but they're—they are now trying to figure out how to deal with everybody out there. The new guys are trying to figure out their spots. So there's there's a lot of moving parts, and there's always going to be a lot of moving parts in a rebuild. I think to to probably put it the best I can uh, to evaluate the Jazz off of one night right now would be akin to you know, evaluating your children's progress in college at age five, mm. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's going to move fast and, and the jazz are, are on a track to rebuild, but this is one of those dips. Um, you know, there's a window, they acquired an asset, but with doing so had to give up some veteran leadership, some veteran know-how. And right now it's just new guys are going to have to figure it out. But to me, the guys kind of watch this from the start. That's kind of an exciting time. Yeah, Tim, the reports coming out of the locker room last night was a, a description of a, a frustrated locker room. Uh, maybe guys upset with the, the, the way things went down at the deadline. What do you make of that? You know, I don't think as much. I, I would be surprised. I mean, I think everybody here understands, you know, what position the Jazz are in. So um, business is, is a part of the NBA that I think players do a good job of trying to stay out of. I think there was frustration because I think, you know, they did feel like there was some momentum built and there's going to be nights like last night where 
Um, you know, certain times the right hand won't know what the left hand's doing. I mean, that's not any part of the, you know, the coach's fault. I think it's obviously you've got Taylor Hendricks, so you want to get back into the, to the fray. You want to get Keontae progressing. But with that, playing young guys, doesn't matter if it's the high school, college, or, or pro level, you play younger guys, and there are going to be more dramatic swings. Tim, what about the, you know, the idea of, you know, we were talking about the, we are trying to compare what the playoff s- scenarios could look like for this year. And I just think that it's not healthy every day to be like, well, are they going to be good for the play? Are they going to be, are they going to make a playoff push? Or is that just, is that just me being a negative ninny here? And I just, and, and the reality is, is that this team could still be a playoff team. I know that the rebuild, you can't have rebuild and then let's be a playoff team kind of in the same sentence and, and, and both be true. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what type of rebuild you're doing. I think, you know, I think Danny's been pretty uh, transparent that, you know, he and Justin both, that, you know, really the goal is not just to make the playoffs, it's to try to figure out a way to win, win a series. And, um, you know, I think they are, you know, ever-evolving. And right now, I mean, as we stand there, and you know, just to shade out. So it really, it, you just never know when something maybe catches fire. But as it stands, the Jazz are a game and a half out of a playing spot with, I think we have 28 games to go, um, which is so exciting for me. You know, that's, uh, I mean, 28 games, playoffs are here, best time, but also it means spring and, uh, I get out of this little – I feel like sometimes I'm a hamster on a wheel. <laughs> well, Tim, my next question, you're the perfect person to answer it. You, you've you coached it at the college level, and you've been in a lot of locker rooms, and you've had to be in the meeting room with the head coach and make difficult decisions about rotations and lineups and evaluating where guys are at. How difficult is this now for Will Hardy as a head coach to try to have to – juggle what the front office gives him as far as like where the direction they're going with personnel he, he's obviously made some tough decisions about you know putting Keontae back in the starting lineup I'm sure that doesn't sit well with Chris Dunn but those are the decisions you have to make can you put yourself in his shoes because you've been there in those situations and explain to to fans how how difficult that is to manage all these situations I think it'd be really hard um you know at the same time I think um, he's he's very very intertwined into what's going on and plans and thoughts. You know, I don't think the deadline necessarily took him by surprise. Um, you know, I think the worst kept secret out there was that Kelly was on the move, um, just because it makes fiscal sense. You know, you're 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 going to expire a guy, or you can you know your last opportunity to try to get something, and between he and Ochai, a guy that they felt maybe, uh, not maybe, but they felt like was not a guy they felt like they wanted to move forward with. So you get a first round rounder back and it really just kind of is part of this game we're playing. Um, I think Will, it, it, so, so to answer your question in two parts, I think he's, it's got to be hard. And uh, I think the way that he deals with it, he doesn't try to tell any stories. Uh, I think he tries to be, as upfront as any coach I've dealt with, um, you know, to try to kind of get in the inner workings and some of the things he thinks through. Um, but I also love his ability on the fly to kind of make some magic happen. I thought he did it last year 
You know, I thought this year that that little segment we had was just incredible uh, from where it started early in the year. So I do not, uh, I don't envy him, but at the same time, I think if you're going to have a guy doing it, he's probably the, the best guy I've seen at managing both the basketball and the people side. JJ and I were having a discussion about, you know, the, the standings are one thing, and then there's the teams who are going to be the ones who are left standing at the end. Who's the best team in the West? And uh, after that, after you say Denver, who is it? <laughs> uh, you know, it's crazy. I, uh, you know, I really do like the Nuggets. I, I do think the Nuggets are they're not the same team. The beauty of their team last year, I mean, the, the power of their team, the core of their team is still there, but it's kind of those ancillary guys, you know, the Bruce Browns. Uh, Jeff Green kind of evolved from the crypt and made a, a big impact on them. So I think they've lost a little bit there, but but I still don't, you know, question the ability of Murray and Porter and Gordon and Jokic. I think those four guys, the know-how and, and the expert knowledge. So I, I think until somebody knocks them off, I think they have to be the favorite. But the Clippers really have a ton of that as well. I mean, kind of the new kids on the block, I guess, or OKC. Um, in Minnesota, typically you've got to kind of cut your teeth. You know, you've got to get through a couple of rounds. Uh, but I think there's a ton of talent and toughness uh, in Oklahoma City and Minnesota. So I think it's just going to be a uh, going to be a fun, I, I guess we call it the second half, but I guess last quarter uh, of the season. And I think the the teams are definitely positioned – you know, within all four of those teams I mentioned are in a game and a half, a game within a game and a half of each other. After that, you know, I think it's just window dressing. Um, the Mavericks would be will be better with the moves they've made. PJ Washington and uh, Daniel Gafford, who I love, so I would imagine they may shoot up a little bit uh, right now because I think they got better. Uh, but I, if I'm you're holding me to it, I'm saying until proven otherwise, the Nuggets come out of the West. With the trade deadline moves, it presents an opportunity for Taylor Hendricks, and we're going to be focusing a lot on his performance development over the next couple of months. And you know how to scout. You're an expert, and you've done it for years. How do you scout Taylor Hendricks, and, and what have you seen so far in his expanded minutes? Obviously, the numbers aren't great, but you, you can watch and see things that maybe we don't. So I think there are, you know, there's a little context required here. I do the draft every summer uh, with the Jazz. So this last year it was Thurl and I and Alema. Um, you know, I've done it for the radio as well. And, and I really enjoy it because, you know, for about, I don't spend the time that, that Danny and the team does out there every night. But uh, I get my feel of guys during the season. And, but I really do a crash course when the season, the basketball season ends, kind of that six-week period I try to really focus um, and I, I came out of last year's prep with a name for the Jazz to take at nine and it was Taylor Hendricks so it was crazy that it all kind of transpired that way but I think the things you have to kind of understand with Taylor are the innate things he has like God-given things are are incredible his size and his ability to move his feet um, you know makes him just a great defense a possibility of being a great defender in this league. But as you know, 
you know, it's not just skill. It's also know-how. And, um, and he is an 18-year-old kid or 19-year-old kid. There were about, I guess UCF's playing BYU tonight. So his mom was there at the game last night. There were probably eight to ten of his peers, what looked like his peers from, uh, from high school, that were out here last night to see him play. And when I say these kids were kids, like they were kids. I, I mean, they had pimples. You know, uh, it was crazy. And, and it just put into context. We see this, you know, big, strong um, guy who has a, a beautiful, silky jumper, you know, when he's set. And he's a, he might be, you know, one of the best weak side shot blockers for a young guy. I mean, it's crazy where he, could, he and Walker out there patrolling things could be. So I see, the, I see the greatness. Right now, though, there's a lot of just nuance that he's got to work through. You know, he's got to understand how to wait for a screen. He's got to learn how to adequately, excuse me, adequately set one. You know, he's got to understand pristine spacing. Um, and all that stuff right now, your game's moving a million miles an hour. Um, so suffice it to say, I, I love the kid. I love his, uh, his God-given ability. And I believe because... A year ago, he wasn't even on the radar to be drafted. And after one college year, you know, everybody came knocking. So uh, he w- he's a fast learner, and I think will acclim- acclimate quickly. But these minutes he's going to get, the Jazz cleared space and time, they're not going to be beautiful every night, but they're going to be so worthwhile. Tim, real quick here. The Lake Show coming to town tomorrow in a uh, Valentine's Day matchup between – uh, LeBron, the lover boy, and uh, Will Hardy and his guys. Uh, so it's Hardy spelled with a T tomorrow night. So what's this game look like tomorrow? The Jazz, uh, obviously, hoping to steal maybe one or two of these next ones here since they are at home and since they get the Warriors a second time on Thursday. So uh, what does this matchup look like tomorrow, though, with the Lakers? I, I believe that, you know, every game that these guys get together, and even though last night at times was – was disastrous. Um, I think that that last night was, and those reps will be beneficial. Uh, whether they'll be whipped up into a frenzy enough to, you know, battle the Lakers, who are now 28-26. They sit ninth. Um, they, they're six and four in their last ten. And it really is a question, you know, LeBron, does he play in Utah prior to the All-Star break? That'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um all that get being said, I think they can win, but the way they have to do it is together. And some of the frustration that maybe some of the vets allowed themselves to kind of show last night for the sake of where this team's got to go. I mean, I, I think that's got to be a part they, you know, they look at that and say, you know, we've got to give this every chance to succeed. We've got to give these guys our best. And I think as the team's locked in, I think they, could, they, can, they definitely can win tomorrow night. The coach, Tim Lacombe, every Tuesday right here with us on our program, but all week long on all of the programs across the KSL Sports Zone. He is Tim Lacombe, pre-half and post on the Jazz Radio Network and just an all-around, maybe one of the better dudes you'll ever meet. So, uh, Tim, we'll, uh, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, we've met before, right? You know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't try to dog yourself. Don't try okay, to. I'm just checking. Don't try to dog yourself. Don't let the don't let the rocker uh, uh, lifestyle and uh, you know. Did you call him Jim Lacombe earlier? <laughs> it's James Lacombe. Wait, I didn't call him Jim Lacombe. Come on. Hey, hey, one last thing. I think BYU absolutely rolls tonight. Oh, there you, you know what? I didn't want to jinx him. 
But they got a couple games this week. Well, I, I'm I, not jinxing them either. It's just going to happen. I think will Taylor Hendricks beat the game? Yeah, he'll, his brother plays. So yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. He'll, he'll be there. He'll be in the house. Some uh, some jazz faithful in there. Tim, we appreciate it, man, and uh, we just love having you on the program. You're the best. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. There you go, Tim Lacombe. Spherion. Dot com slash Utah. We will come back. More to go around the corner. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Hi, hi, hi. All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz ah! on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen, JJ and Alex every day right here with you. Three, two, seven. If you miss any portion of the show how dare you and also you can get it go check out the podcast tab on the kslsports.com website you've also got the ability to use your search function jj and alex it's not j-a-y-j-a-y like your own rapper name what's up this is jj yeah i definitely <laughs> couldn't pull that off <laughs> don't don't look up jj it's just the letters jj and Alex, you need to add a big giant chain and some sunglasses to the. Uh, photo I told on you. The website. I told you. I I'm kind of converting. As soon as those Dunking, uh, <laughs> you've been inspired. As soon as the Dunkin' Donuts Dunking uh, tracksuits are available again online, I'm there. You're all over. I'm that. on the waiting list. So that'll, there you go. that'll fit you well. <laughs> Look, I'll buy a 3XL. Have it bag off of me a little bit. My, that's the thing nowadays. My kid. Yep. Is like five seven and one hundred and thirty pounds, and he wears XL and double XL stuff. <laughs> he wears pants that are forties. He looks like kid and play. What happened? No, to not kid jeans. No, no, oh, crisscross. Remember crisscross? Oh yeah, that's what kids are dressing like jump, these days. Jump, yeah, that's what kids are dressing like these days. That's what I've been told at least, and that's what my kids trying to do. Uh, but he bought a retro uh, Dennis Rodman shirt the other day. Oh, my son has Dennis Rodman, Mike Tyson. Uh, Michael Jordan Slam okay, magazine, but, but see, all my, the old stuff from the '80s and '90s. Think about is it. back. You wouldn't hang out at Savers and Di when you're a kid. My kid and his friends are thrifting. They're becoming the Macklemores of my. So uh, it's cool again. It's cool to thrift, but you got to wash them because they smell funny. According of to course. Him. So there you go. Uh, let me see here. The 49ers are pushing back, saying, "No, we did not not know the overtime rules. We're fine." Uh, <laughs> that was not that wasn't the us. 49ers information minister had to step in and correct the well, uh, and the and the Chiefs. By the way, if you just watch, you get the idea that these guys did not know look the uh, what was going on. Nicole in the, Hardman, who caught the game-winning pass in the Super Bowl, clearly did not understand the yeah, rules because his reaction to winning the game was about ten seconds too late. Until his teammates tackled him, he even admitted it. He didn't really understand that that was what happened in that moment. Yeah. Every, it was new to everybody. It's okay. No shame in that. No, it's all, it's all good. Um, and I was just – and by the way, the Chiefs – don't stop jumping on the 49ers about this. The Chiefs definitely also didn't no. – I mean, you're all, like you were saying, Miko Hardman, I don't care who it was. Everybody on the field kind of walked around for like a half a second before. Guess who knew? You know who the number one person who knew the overtime rules was? The confetti guy. <laughs> the confetti guy. Brrr, he like, was ready to go. He was like – Can scored, you imagine <laughs> – if he, if he would have hit it, or, or if he hit it early, yeah. What if he hit it early and it was still going to like on the, the 49ers next... field goal? 
and the gold and the red and the white comes down instead of that bright yellow. Everyone's like, what the heck is going on? And they have to on? take 20 minutes to clean oh, it off. Oh, we, we have a Super Bowl delay in and overtime. Then they, and then they end up losing. We've got to clean the confetti off the field so and we can com- continue the and game. And they clean off the 49ers confetti, and then they hit the button on the Chiefs oh, confetti when it happens. So many crazy things could have happened in that scenario. You know what? I'm actually sad that didn't happen. <laughs> no. actually, I wish it would happen. Uh, we've got early odds, though. Hey, JJ, Good. it's a way too early list. You I ready love for this? way too early. High or shortest odds on the Super Bowl, courtesy of uh, one of the sports books, I'm sure. San Francisco 49ers. Does that shock you? It's not the Chiefs, huh? Yeah, it kind of does. Why would the Chiefs not be the team to beat next year? I don't know. I mean, the game did go to overtime, and it could have gone either way. But You know what this is? Gosh dang it, you're going to get Patrick Mahomes going, don't ever call us the oh, underdogs. See, well, the Chiefs are already underdogs. <laughs> no one believed in us. Uh, Vegas didn't even believe in from us. From the beginning, they disrespected us. All right, so you got. How about the Lions, plus 1,200? Good for them. I mean, they've got the fifth shortest odds. So you're basically seeing all the teams. Boy, we just keep throwing the Bills into that conversation, don't we? Yeah. Would you right now put the Bills ahead of the Bengals when it comes to being best odds? Until I know Joe Burrow's healthy, yes. Okay, I see. That's my question. He got he was a mess last year. How healthy is he going to be in 2024? If so, the Bengals could make another run at it. But Joe Burrow has to be healthy. Ravens, so it goes Niners, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. So you've got three out of the top four are, uh, are AFC teams. The Lions in the fifth spot there. They're tied with the Bengals for 1,200. Then it goes Dolphins. Eagles, speaking of teams who took the biggest tumbles, yeah. right? Until you figure out what their offensive situation is going to be, you got to prove it. The Dolphins, Eagles, like I said, Packers, Cowboys falling all the so Eagles, Packers, Cowboys, all the shortest odds or all the odds kind of right next to each other. The Cowboys are just ahead of the Houston Texans. Wow, and I think the Texans might be better next year. Okay. You know what's really interesting though, if you keep reading along, <laughs> the two teams after that, the New York Jets. Why that is way overrated. And the Los Angeles Chargers, the Harbaugh effect. By the way, Vegas is big on the injuries, whether or not they're yes. people are. So why on earth is Aaron Rodgers I and have the Jets? No idea. Are, if he was healthy right now today, do you think they would be even further up this thing? There's no way, right? No, if he if he was healthy last year, and they and I don't think they would have been any better. No, their offensive line is terrible. That they no, I. I bet they go ten and seven. Don't put your money on that. Don't waste your time. Okay. A lot of a lot of Jets fans might, and maybe that's what Vegas is doing there. The Rams should be a lot higher. The Rams have lower odds than the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the Falcons. I think the Rams proved it this year. They got it going on. The Bears have higher odds than the Rams. Wow. All right, lowest odds. Let me go from the. Let's go bottom. Let's just go bottom Duke, five. Bottom. Yep. The Patriots and the Raiders. And the Broncos, <laughs> all plus 10,000. Those are your uh, three of the bottom low five. And then you go Titans and dead last again, the Carolina Panthers. How about your Broncos uh, being pretty far down the dead That's list cra- The third to the last? Wow. You don't have quarterback. I think they're right? assuming that Russell Wilson will be gone and uh, uh, Stidham will be their starting quarterback. And, yes, they might be a disaster. But I will say this. Of those five teams at the very bottom, who's most likely to make the playoffs? I think it's my Broncos. Why would you ever say that? Who because can't? the other four teams stink. <laughs> Raiders, Titans, Panthers, Patriots. Patriots have no quarterback. No, nope. fine. Uh, 
Massive love to the Texans, though, right off the bat. That might be one. I that, think that's I really it's dead on. I think the Texans could be the next the next oh, year's Lions. Good for you. And they were they won a playoff game this year. How much better are they going to be next year? Yeah, I think the Texans are a team to watch next year, as are the Green Bay Packers. They got Los, a lot of money available under the cap. Los Packers. Uh, okay. So those are your, those are your odds so far here. What local players are earning combine uh, invites? This is, of course, a big one for us here because uh, the locals in the NFL may get to be a longer list. Tell me uh, of these names if you recognize anybody, all right? The Cougars who are going to Indi- to Indianapolis. Go to KSLSports.com, by the way. You can uh, read uh, Chandler Holt's article about this. Chandler does a phenomenal job with the NFL stuff across er- and everything else. Uh, the Cougars headed to Indy. Ryan Rico. There you go. Punter. Punter. One of two punters. Him and the Iowa punter. That's it. Oh, really? The only two punters are going to the combine. These guys have He's big legs, them. man. Uh, Kingsley Sumataia. Yep. And then Keaton Slovis. I was surprised by that. Very but surprised. I'm happy for Keaton. But I was surprised by that. Okay. I'll I'll leave it at that because these guys have to go and they, they have to go against the stopwatch at the combine. Um let me ask you if anybody should have been on that invite list. From BYU, Eddie yeah. Heckard should have been at the combine. Okay. And I think Eddie Heckard's going to be on an NFL roster next year, whether he's drafted or not. All right. Calling it right here. Isaac Rex also a surprise uh, omission um, from the uh, from the list. Okay. No shocker here that the Utes have uh, a plethora of people going. Devon Vele, Sotoa Ma- uh, Laumea, Cole Bishop. Stop me if any of these are uh, ones that should not be there. Sione Vaki, Keaton Bills, and Jonah Ellis. No, all six of their NFL totally. prospects belong there. Some of those guys left early for school, from for uh, left early to go. I think almost all of them, actually. Probably based on the fact all, that they knew. All of them had eligibility right. left and decided to leave. And they're leaving for a reason, because they're ready for the NFL. I think the Utes are going to have six guys drafted uh, in next year's draft. But the highest rated guy is obviously Kingsley Suomataia. And he's coming off a great senior bowl. And I think that he's going to really shine at the combine because that's his showcase where his athleticism and his 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 ability yeah. in that realm He'll is really going to shine. Uh, who was it last year uh, for BYU? I can see his face. Uh, Harriman, well, offensive lineman. Yeah, Freeman. Uh, um, Blake, Blake Fre- Freeland. Freeland. <laughs> Free- Come on. Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland. Yes. Now, he wasn't on the list of people that were going to be possible first-round draft picks. But then he goes to the combine, breaks every conceivable like offensive line record. Freak athlete. He basically put himself up two rounds yep. in the draft based off of just his combine. Kingsley has athletic freakisms, right? <laughs> Freak athleticism. Just like Blake Freeland, Kingsley is a guy that's going to shine at the combine. He'll jump off the sheets. To that level, I don't know. I mean, but, Blake Freeland was an all-timer. Like, right. His vertical for that size is unbelievable, but... That he's going to do really well right. to combine. I think the combined like idea of Kingsley already being a high, high, high prospect, plus the numbers that he's going to do there, he's only going to help himself, and he'll actually probably end up. I mean, again, this is a guy who uh, has, according to all the scouts, he, I mean, the reality was he didn't get the coaching he should have gotten at BYU. Right, and that's why they had he to didn't the he didn't meet expectations last year because the expectations were so high with it, with the proper NFL coaching and the right opportunity. With his athleticism in the right situation, right organization, he should thrive. Troikman's getting killed over a tweet that he sent, uh, or that he, yeah, these are the uh, old takes exposed, right? These are the cold takes. Pa- somebody tweeted out Patrick Mahomes had obviously early on in his career had thrown, uh, I think it was eighty percent of the yards that that Troikman had thrown 
uh, in like basically a third of the games. Yeah. Right. And then Troy Aikman, I don't know if you know this about NFL quarterbacks or former NFL quarterbacks, might be might be a worse group in terms of don't poo-poo my time. The egos are large. And Troy Aikman goes, yeah, uh, I have like three times. Or I have At that point, Mahomes had one uh, Super Bowl, and, and then Troy Aikman was like, hey, call me when you got three. Yeah, well, <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, no one is asking whether or not Troy Aikman or, or Patrick Mahomes are better. But I will say this. Troy Aikman accomplished something that is an insane task. Three touch, three Super Bowls for a quarterback? Yeah. You don't need to have a pissing match with uh, a 28-year-old. Uh, or at least, I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't the one having the fight with Troy Aikman. Right, right. But right. Troy Aikman is having the fight with Twitter. So <laughs> that's the part where you go, settle down, dude. So uh, Well, that's the thing is Troy Aikman won three Super Bowls, which is amazing. And Patrick Mahomes has already achieved that and was the MVP in all three of them. Patrick Mahomes is already a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he hasn't even hit 30 yet. What's he going to accomplish over the yeah. next 10 years? It's phenomenal. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We got more around the corner. Our best and worst coming up, a former BYU linebacker who's now in the league getting a, a new endorsement that, frankly, should have happened years ago. I'm hungry. <laughs> we'll come back and talk about that, plus how the Phoenix Open somehow is now on uh, – on the poop list. <laughs> so we'll talk about it next. Stay right here, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. <laughs> Wrapping up the hour with our picks for the best and worst moments on today's show. As JJ and Alex want to hear your best and worst of the day. All right, welcome back, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us today. Congrats to all of our winners on a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Uh, I don't know when the next one of these is going to be. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Now, yeah. that'll be post-All-Star post, uh, that'll be post All -Star game then, right, at that point? Yeah, it would be. But we're still going to give away. That's our commitment. It would be the week after the week after the – because there's no games next Tuesday. Right. But we still yes. give away tickets for future games okay. on those days. So there we'll we still give away tickets next Tuesday, even though the NBA is taking the day off. We're not. No. All right? So, no days off here. No days JJ off. JJ Knox. <laughs> Especially for JJ. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get in here. Some of the best and the worst. Now, this seems like a a marriage that should have happened years ago. In fact, I will say this. My kids already called the this product this person. Browns linebacker, former BYU standout, Sione Takitaki, has announced a partnership with, drumroll please, Takis chips, which my kids love, by the way. <laughs> my kids do too. I have a, my ten-year-old daughter Lila has to have them every day. The the fluorescent color yeah. that they bring is not appreciated for somebody who throws clothes in the wash quite often. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, what the heck? That what is I'm, a stain that does not come out. I'm all I'm like looking at them. I'm like, they have blue ones. What are you do, What are you eating? What are you kids eating? These kids can't. This, Don't ask kid, questions, this, Alex. This, don't ask questions. <laughs> they taste great. Yes. Leave it at that. My kids call them the Taki Takis, though. That's cool. So there's a reason for that. So I love seeing Sione Taki Taki, who, by the way, aside from getting some uh, love on the endorsement side of things, this is a guy who has, well, one, he was picked up in the third round. I mean, he was not an unknown guy. Right. He was a phenomenal athlete. But he's carved out a place on that Browns defense that is really good. It's one of the best defenses in the league. So I think that that's one of those situations where 
you know, you look at it and a guy's succeeding and then he's getting some extra dough for the uh, the chips endorsement. I think that's awesome. Uh, do you dip into the Phoenix Open and like it? Uh, I don't know. It's it's during Super Bowl week, so I was like, eh. But don't be surprised that uh, people got wasted at the Waste Management Open. <laughs> and by the way, the, the the one on the tour that everybody looks at and goes, hey, everybody behaves differently at this place. Why is that? Look, the PGA Tour doesn't love the, you know, the old the old guard obviously hates this kind of stuff. You couldn't get the people from St. Andrews. You don't want to host the people from St. Andrews or Royal Troon this weekend <laughs> when they come to the States. Is right? this the Happy Gilmore Open? <laughs> if a hundred, a thousand percent. They've turned it into that. And so now, I mean, you saw the footage. There's guys sliding down the hill with no shirts on. This is the Happy Gilmore Open. And shooters had enough. And you, <laughs> you people, uh, yeah. The, the reality is, is that the uh, the PGA Tour leadership and the actual Waste Management Open folks, because they answer to the PGA Tour, yeah. are not real happy with how things went. I know it's a shocker that people keep getting more and more drunk, and the crowds keep getting bigger and bigger, which is a good problem to have, except for the fact that they were not able to accommodate the overcrowding. The alcohol sales stopped at some point. I don't know. It's like, hey, when they when the when the first group hits the fifteenth hole, we're stopping alcohol sales. But in the end, there were golfers yelling at spectators and vice versa. Uh, there was overcrowding, like I said. It actually turned into a bit of a mess. So I don't know. Uh, but I will say they're doing the same thing where they're building out stands for the Black Desert Championship that's going to be happening down there, the PGA right. event that they're going to have down in uh, in in St. George, part of it is because it's not a it's not really a walkable course like a like a traditional place. You know, there's a lot of distance between some of these holes. Yeah. But they're going to have big big like spectator areas That's built. Awesome. Kind of in the idea of we're going to make this a fun event, but I would just encourage you not to make it this fun. Yeah, when the players are getting in arguments with fans, belligerent drunk fans, it's probably time to tone it down a little bit. All right. Hey, is that it? Yeah, that's it for this hour. All right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Don't want to miss it. Stay right here. Download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. You can also go to the KSL Sports page and click on podcasts and find JJ and Alex right there. We'll be back. More to go. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.